Hey lady, welcome to the Elevate Her podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Mariuki, leadership coach, career queen, twin mom, and wife. If you are ready to step into the level 2.0 version of yourself, girl, you've just found yourself a cheering squad that will help you do just that and even more. From one career woman to another who navigated the challenges of being a black woman in a profession that lacked diversity, with no rule book to help me figure out the keys to climbing the corporate ladder, I am on a mission to change this scene for good. In the last few years of my 10-year career, I not only overcame the challenges that held me back from the mid-level career slump I found myself in, but unlocked the doors to land big promotions in my career, become a director at just the age of 32 in the largest global audit firm, get my confidence game on and become a trusted leader. If you are ready to shake off the self-doubt that's been holding you back, uncover your value, get seen, promoted, and paid like the leader you deserve to be without more degrees, qualifications, or inauthentic networking tactics, stay tuned because you are about to get elevated. Welcome back to episode 58 of the Elevate Her podcast. So we are doing an imposter syndrome series. This is the last part of our three-part series. If you haven't listened to the first two parts, I would definitely recommend you pause this one and go back to episode 56 and start listening there and then you can join us back on this episode. So in today's episode, I want to talk about why imposter syndrome shows up in the first place. I think it's so empowering when you have an awareness of why it shows up. And then we're going to talk about how to overcome it. Three game-changing moves that you can take in your career to overcome it and start to elevate your career and achieve those big plans and career goals that you have set for yourself. So just a background of why it even shows up. You could be going through past negative experiences that you are still using to validate the presence of imposter syndrome. So what do I mean by this? So you might have encountered past failures that you're then using to validate that you're not good at that thing. All right. So let me give you an example. I had a really bad experience one time in my career. So we were going to present on insights and thought leadership that we had developed internally in our team to a really big client, like one of the biggest clients in the financial services industry where I work across the continent. So the group CEO was in that meeting, the local CEOs were in that meeting Literally, like anyone who had a lot of weight and clout in that organization was in that meeting. So it was me. So, you know, we were going to present because they were one of our clients. So it was me, my immediate boss, and then his boss. So the three of us attended this meeting. And as I started to present, so I had a PowerPoint ready. My team helped me put it together. But as I started to present, so I was tasked with doing the main presentation and then my team leaders agreed that they would just chip in and share any additional insights or answer any questions that would come up. So 
as I started doing the presentation, you will not believe what happened. Oh my goodness. Even just thinking about that experience, I probably shouldn't be thinking about it, but I want to share it because maybe you have gone through something similar in the past. So as I started presenting, I realized, shoot, the numbers on the slides are wrong. Even if I divide those numbers by a thousand, maybe they you know, mistakenly didn't do the calculations right on Excel and somehow it converted wrongly when they created the graphs. Even when I tried to like do some number conversions in my head, the numbers still were not making sense. And I still remember so vividly the two like main CEOs, like the group CEO and the local CEO were sitting next to one another. And I can still see them literally giggling, like chucking their heads off. Well, they were doing it quietly, but I mean, you could see that they could see that what I was presenting was totally nonsensical. Let me use that word. So I had to continue presenting because that was the task that I was given. And, you know, I had to just continue. And of course, I apologized. And that kind of put me on a back foot because I was immediately my confidence dwindled away as we continued the presentation. But my team leader, my boss, actually his boss, so his boss is now our CEO. So she just nudged me and she told me to just continue irrespective of the reactions that I was seeing in the room. So I just had to continue presenting. And of course, I tried as much to correct what they were seeing on those first few slideshows, but I had to just continue. And I felt like, oh my goodness, I felt like just burying myself, like wishing that the ground could just open or something could just happen and the meeting could just be, you know, made short and we were allowed to just go on and come back another time. But that didn't happen. I had to continue presenting until the end. And that experience shaped my belief that I wasn't quote unquote good at presenting for a couple of months. I'd probably say even a year. And I would avoid any opportunity or any sort of assignment that alluded to me potentially having to present something because of that experience. And I used that experience wrongly to validate that I wasn't great at presenting. Whereas I had numerous other experiences in the past where I presented quite well, but because of the gravity of that presentation, who was there both from the client side and from my organization side, I took that to mean that I was not, you know, deserving to be in that room in the first place. And it's so interesting because I brought up this experience with my boss's boss, who is now a CEO. I had lunch with her a few months ago and I brought up the experience and she was saying she doesn't even remember it. So it's just so interesting how sometimes we think that when we don't do well or you know, when we experience setbacks that the whole world knows about it and they remember it, you know, until the day that they die. But yeah, a lot of times we just make them so, so big in our heads that they're actually not that big of a deal, to be honest. So that's what I mean when I say that past negative experiences could actually be validating imposter syndrome currently in your career. Your upbringing could also be impacting 
imposter syndrome in your career. So if you are from a family where, for example, academics or just being an overachiever was praised or was an expectation when you were growing up. And if, you know, you grew up in a black family like I did, this is probably going to resonate with you a lot because it was either an A or no A, right? If you didn't score 100%, you would always be asked, okay, what happened to the 2% when you scored 98%? You know, literally in that sense. So your upbringing could be affecting how you are showing up at work and how imposter syndrome is impacting your ability to actually be great at what you do. Societal and career norms could also be affecting and actually increasing the presence of imposter syndrome in your career. So you might have all these expectations in your head about what other people at work expect of you. So you might have these expectations that everyone expects you to know everything about this specific topic or about this area that you put as your qualification or what you're experienced in, but that's not really the case. And what happens is because you have all these expectations in your head, you then operate using those expectations and then you kind of limit yourself because of these self-inflicted expectations that actually don't even exist when you ask people. And a lot of times these are inflicted because of this overachieving nature that we have, which again links to your background, your upbringing and how you know you maybe experience the world or how others experience the world and projected that on you when you were growing up. Your own limiting beliefs that you have never challenged could also be affecting you and could be making imposter syndrome worse in your career. So some of these limiting beliefs could be, well, you know, if I don't know everything in the room or if I don't know as much as everyone else knows in a meeting, I'm just going to keep quiet and, you know, that's my place, that's my position and just let everyone else, you know, take the front seat. Or you may be thinking that if you are the youngest in the room, that means that you should speak the least, right? And this is also linked to your upbringing. If you grew up in a black family like I did, we all know that, you know, kids were to be seen, but not to be heard. You've probably heard that phrase a few times, right? So we were never to challenge anything our parents said. We were never to talk back to them. I mean, talking back was, ooh, yeah, that was, you know, the ultimate sin, right? In When we were growing up and in the workplace, the opposite is expected of you. You're actually expected to challenge because challenging other people's ideas and opinions is what brings out the best in ourselves. I'm popping in here really quickly because I want to know, are you looking to accelerate your path to the next promotion, increase your salary and make more money in your career, or pivot to a new career path in a more senior role in the next 6 to 12 months, or maybe you want to increase your visibility as a trusted leader in your field, then Design to Lead was made for you. 
In my signature private coaching program, together, we will use my MVP method, mindset, visibility, personal branding, to help you make your goal a reality in 6 to 12 months or less. This is the method I used to become a director at just the age of 32 in the largest global audit firm. If you want to learn more, head over to bit.ly forward slash design to lead or click the link in the show notes and let's get your career elevated. So all these things could be resulting in you having this baggage called imposter syndrome that is stopping you from showing up, that is stopping you from getting to the next level in your career. And it's interesting how even when you achieve in your career or in your life in general, when you get to the next level, it kind of shows up maybe in a different way, but it still shows up, right? New level, new devil. So it never really goes away. And this is one of the things I have against a lot of people who talk about imposter syndrome. They talk about overcoming it as if it just disappears. It doesn't disappear. You just learn to be effective and more and more effective in managing it so that it doesn't stop you from taking effective action and achieving the goals that you want to achieve. So let's go into how to actually overcome imposter syndrome for once and for all. Now, another quote that Dr. Valerie Young, who is an astute scholar in imposter syndrome, she has a book, I think she even has a podcast. She says that the only way to stop feeling like an imposter is to stop thinking like an imposter. I mean, this is so true. Because imposter syndrome really is based on limiting beliefs, to be honest. It's based on assumptions that we have made facts. It's based on assumptions that we have converted into feelings that we have then made facts that then stop us from speaking up in meetings, that stop us from showing up as that next level version of ourselves with that promotion, with that goal achieved. Right. And the good thing about this is that feelings and thoughts can be changed. Right. You can change how you feel by simply changing how you're thinking. Right. So let's say you wake up, you know, you're not in the best of moods. You can change how you feel by simply switching the thoughts that are running through your mind that are causing you to have that feeling. Right. And the same way happens with imposter syndrome. But this is not something that's going to happen overnight, ladies. Let me just put that out there. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to require you to do a lot of intentional work. And I'm going to talk about the three game changing career moves or action steps that you can start to take. But it's going to take a lot of intentionality, because like I said, why it shows up in the first place, your upbringing, this could be years and years. You know, this is decades of limiting beliefs that have just been there that have not been challenged. This is decades of how you have been programmed to think of how things work, right? This has been decades of you seeing other people's projections on your career norms that have been there for years and years that you have then made to be true, right? So how do you actually overcome? The first thing, like Dr. Valerie Young says, is to change your thinking, right? Literally reprogramming your mind. It's like removing 
uninstalling the software that is running in your mind at the moment and installing a new software program, one that helps you think not like an imposter syndrome, but one that helps you think like the confident woman that you are. Okay, so the first thing you want to do is you also want to understand the triggers. So you need to be aware of when does this actually show up in my career? When does it show up at work? When does it show up when I'm at home? So that you can then know how to manage it and where to put your most effort in changing this and overcoming this for once and for all. Yeah, so start to think of why these beliefs are untrue. Remember I said imposter syndrome is really just a set of limiting beliefs. I want you to start changing those beliefs and replacing those limiting beliefs with new ones. So for example, if you've been telling yourself for the longest time that you're not great at presenting, I want you to write all the reasons why you are great at presenting. And if it means extracting past experiences, starting to remember past experiences where you've been praised for your good presentation, where you've been praised for sharing some good opinions in a meeting, I want you to bring those up so that when that trigger comes in that meeting that tells you not to say a word because you don't know as much as everyone else, you then immediately replace that trigger or that limiting belief with the positive beliefs that you're going to create. You also want to see this as, like I said, this is not something that you're going to do overnight and immediately, you know, you'll be this sort of imposter syndrome overcoming queen. It's going to take a lot of intentionality. So the same way you go to gym to achieve a certain fitness goal is the same way you need to go to a mind gym to achieve a certain goal on reprogramming your mindset right? So through constant repetition and nurturing your mind with the right thoughts, you are going to start to show up as a person who does not allow imposter syndrome to stop them from taking action. And literally one of the best ways you can do this is when that imposter syndrome wants to stop you from taking the right action, just go and do the exact opposite, right? Whether it's imperfect, whether you have to do it, fail, like constantly do it, do it over and over again. Just continue to do it until you do great at it. Okay. For me, just taking that step to take that action is much more effective than not taking action at all. So that's the first thing you really want to hone into is what is happening in your mind? What is triggering that imposter syndrome to stop you from taking that action? And then starting to reprogram your mind. Literally, that's how, that's the root cause of why it shows up in the first place. And so I want you to also remember that there is so much power in your words. Please be careful with what you say. Not just the words you say out loud about yourself, but what you're saying to yourself in your mind right? Those words have so, so much power because they dictate your feelings and they dictate how you eventually show up at work, right? If you are constantly telling yourself that you're not good at presenting, that, you know, you don't have opinions that sound clever enough, that everyone else already knows what you know, right? Those thoughts are going to trigger the feelings and actions that 
actually do not lead you towards the goal you want to achieve because there is no leader, effective leader, there is no effective leader who thinks like that. So I want you to start thinking like the leader you want to be. And like I said, this takes a lot of time and intentionality, but the most important thing is to start doing it. And you can start doing that as soon as today. The second game-changing move is to create your own unique personal brand. Literally become one out of one. Why is this important? Because when you have absolute confidence about your value proposition and what you bring to the table, your self-worth, your confidence is going to be unshakable. And think about this in the context of physical brands, right? So Apple versus Samsung, for example, we all know what they stand for, right? There are thousands, millions of people who buy Apple products. There are millions of people who buy Samsung products, but we know what they stand for and what they don't stand for, right? We know what is unique about each of these brands. And so it's very easy for us to then decide which one we want to be associated with, right? And in the same way, I want to think of your personal brand like that. And similarly to the first game-changing move, this is not, you know, overnight shift. Creating your unique personal brand and leadership identity takes some time. But the first step is to start to ask yourself quality questions about what sets you apart. What are you great at? What are the things you love doing? You know, what are you passionate about? What are the things you can talk about all day long? Those are the things that are going to help you become one of one, focusing on what you already know, what you're great at, what you know you've received good compliments on and creating your personal brand around that. The last game-changing move is literally, it sounds very simple. It really sounds simple, but a lot of people are not doing this, is getting out of your comfort zone and taking massive action. And I know this can sound quite, you know, rhetoric because you're thinking, okay, yeah, I know I need to take action, but then Rebecca, I don't know exactly what I need to be doing. If you're not sure and you're not feeling confident that you know what action steps you need to be taking and you don't have a solid career plan, send me a DM and let's talk through how I can help you create a solid career plan because Yes, it's important to shift your mindset. It's important to create a unique standout personal brand, but it's equally important to take action, right? And massive action if you want to change the results that you've been having in your career. And by massive action, I'm not saying doing more. I'm not saying working harder. I'm not saying adding more hours. I'm just saying taking effective action taking the right steps to develop your career because no one gives you a KPI on career development. If you haven't noticed by now, no one has a KPI on career development at work. This is something that you're going to have to take responsibility for individually yourself. So I hope you enjoyed this episode just to wrap things up and to summarize the three game-changing moves to help you overcome imposter syndrome when it comes up, when it shows up in your career. First of all, mindset mastery, managing your mind, literally going to that mind gym, making sure that you are reprogramming your mind and replacing those limiting beliefs with the right beliefs 
to help you overcome imposter syndrome and take action. The second game-changing move is to create your own unique personal brand that will help you have massive confidence and self-worth in what you bring to the table. No one can take that away from you. And the third step, very simple, is so, so important, is getting out of your comfort zone and taking massive action. So you obviously need to define what your comfort zone is so that you know whether you're operating within your comfort zone or outside your comfort zone, but then taking massive action outside of it. I will see you in the next show and have a lovely, amazing rest of the week. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Her podcast. If you found this helpful, I would be forever grateful if you left a review of the show right here on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. If you would like more support and inspiration to elevate your career, go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn at Rebecca Morioki. Or if you're an Instagram girl, let's connect over there. See you on the next show.